Bismillah. Bismillah. Alhamdulillah. Salatu salam ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa wala. Amma ba'd. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. Fantastic. So today, alhamdulillah, we've reached hadith number 12, which is on the authority of Abu Huraira radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. He said that the Prophet sallallahu mentioned, Min husni islam al-mar'i tarkuhu ma la ya'nih. Which means, from the perfection of one's Islam is that he leaves that which does not concern him. This is a hadith mentioned in At-Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, Muslim Ibn Ahmad, Sahih Ibn Hibban, Muwatta Imam Malik. And there's, uh, many, there's a lot of discussion as to the authenticity of it because in some of the turuq, uh, in some of the chains of narration, you find that uh, there is some weakness in the narrators. But it seems that the strongest one is by uh, Muwatta Imam Malik. And even though that one is Mursal, so it, there's a missing Sahabi in the, in the narration. Anyway, when you put, combine everything together, it seems that Al-Albani considered Hassan li-Ghayrihi, and, uh, or even higher than that in some narrations, and uh, Shuaib al-Arna'ut uh, also considered it uh, Hassan. So, Wallahu ta'ala alam, it seems to be an authentic hadith uh, once you take everything into consideration, and Allah knows best. So, uh, this hadith is really uh, one of, there's a beautiful quote that I find is just truly remarkable. It's from uh, uh, Abu Muhammad ibn Abu Zayd, rahimahullah. He says that there are four ahadith that are the foundations for good character. Four short, simple ahadith that can be the foundation for good character. And this is one of them. And so I'm going to read all four of them to you. And you'll see that these are all ahadith that we know. But if you put them all together, you realize how they fortify one another. And really, if anybody can make the intention to apply all four of these ahadith, you will see that for sure your character will improve drastically. There's no magic to it. There's no trick to it. It's simply application of the beautiful sunnah of the Prophet in the most straightforward and wise words, subhanAllah. It's truly uh, remarkable. So what, what are these four ahadith? He says, number one is, مَنْ كَانَ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ فَلْيَقُلْ خَيْرًا أَوْ لِيَصْمُتْ Whoever believes in Allah and the last day, let him speak good or be silent. Simple, simple advice. Just if you know, if you truly believe in Allah, that's the hope. I believe in Allah. I have hope. And and the last day, that's judgment. That's fear. If you if your if your heart is between hope and fear, then what should you do? Either speak good or be silent. That's number one. Number two, min husni Islam al It is from the excellence of one's Islam that he leaves that which does not concern him. That's the one that we're going to be focusing on today, inshallah. Number three is what anna rajulan qala lin Nabi sallallahu alaihi that a man came to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, give me advice. He said, don't get mad, don't get angry. He said, okay, fine, I got that. No, 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 you didn't get it. <laughs> These are my own words, but still, you know, the idea is, what? don't just dismiss it. Don't just say next, next, next. Sometimes a person says that, and they are, what, what are they doing? They're sort of dismissing the first and second and third and saying like, you know, I want to get to the interesting stuff. No, 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 stick to this. Don't get angry. Okay, what's next? Don't get angry. That's my advice. Don't get angry. So subhanAllah, uh, wallahu ta'ala alam, it seems that this sahabi must have been somebody that was known for his anger. And also for all of us, don't just dismiss this advice and think to yourself, yeah, 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 what's next? No, seriously take this advice and uh, don't get angry. And the uh, fourth hadith is, uh, That none of you truly have true faith until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. Why are these four so beautiful? Because you could put them in very simple sort of colloquial English terminology. Uh, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all, right? This is a very no, well-known expression in the English language. That's the first one, or you could say summarizing it, or you know, the, the, the essence of it is what? If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything. Number two is what? Mind your business, right? Everybody knows this expression, it's very common, mind your business, sim, sim, similar notion. Number three is what? Control your temper. 
And number four is what? Treat others how you wish to be treated. In the Western world, they call this the golden rule, right? Treat others as you wish to be treated. If you can apply all of these four, then subhanAllah, this is going to transform your character into something so beautiful. Why? Because the first one is about giving information. If you don't have anything good to say, don't say it. When you give information, you have to ask yourself, is what I said worthy of being said? Sometimes we just talk for the sake of, you know, filling the, filling the, 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 the void, you know, filling the, the, the silence with our, with our voices. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, is what I'm saying, would the world be any different if I just chose not to talk? This little joke, this little comment, this little this, this little that, would, would, is this really weighty? Is this really heavy? You know what happens? If you decide, if you make a conscious effort to say, you know what? Instead of texting that out, I'm just not going to do it. Instead of taking this picture and sending it out, I'm just not going to do it. Instead of forwarding this message, instead of saying this, instead of saying that, you know what? I'm only going to wait to say the thing that I am confident is really good and useful and will have a positive impact. If you make this a habit, then you know what happens? People start to notice. And then... They realize that's the guy who's always quiet. But when he talks, he says something that's worth, worth being said. And so as a result of that, maybe you were the type of guy that before, I've seen people like this, who they talk and talk and talk and everybody's just trying to you know, ignore them. I'll never listen to that guy. He's just always blabbing away, always running his mouth. But then when that person decides, I'm not going to talk, maybe days go by, maybe just hours go by, maybe weeks go by, until when he opens his mouth. And then slowly but surely, without even realizing it, people start to become trained or start to become in the habit of what? When this guy now starts to talk, everybody goes quiet. Because they've gotten used to the idea that every time this guy has a comment, it's a good one. Every time this guy sends something out, it's something smart. He doesn't just talk frivolously, you know? No, he really, before he speaks, he thinks before he speaks. So this is number one. Number two is what? What am I getting out of this? So the first one was about giving information. The second one was about receiving information. What am I getting out of this? If this doesn't fit into my grand goal of things, if this does not fit into, the, into my, 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 my purpose of life, and by the way, the reason why most people don't apply this is because they don't have a purpose of life. They don't think about these things. SubhanAllah, when you don't really ask yourself the big questions, then these little things start to become real issues for you. When the believer, the Muslim, really evaluates their life and thinks about what is my purpose? Why does, this, why does this universe exist? Why does this planet exist? Why do I have these abilities? Why do I have free will and consciousness and, and morals of right and wrong? Why? What is this, all this about? You realize there's a big picture here. And then once you start to put everything in that frame, you start to ask yourself, is this information about this sport? Or this information about this gossip? Or this information about this whatever? Somebody tweeted something. Whatever. The, does this fit into my grand scheme or not? If not... Garbage. Just chuck it in the garbage, man. It's okay. Let it go. It's fine. So the first one's about giving information. The second one about react, uh, receiving information. The third one is about what? Reacting to information. La taghlab. Don't get mad. Right? How do, you re how do you react to information? This is the big question. And you're not supposed to get mad. And subhanAllah, the simplest way of evaluating this is asking yourself a very simple question. Let's say Brother Yahya, Dr. Yahya, mashallah, tabarakallah, uh, Abu Medina, so if I can call you that, Barakallah uh, 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 Let's say if Brother Yahya right now says something that really makes me angry, okay? Really makes me mad. Before I lash out and get angry at him, shouldn't I simply evaluate his statement based on two possibilities? Really, there's two main possibilities. Number one is he did it by accident. He wasn't trying to get me mad. He just did it, you know, because, you know, it was just an accident. You know, it wasn't on purpose. He was trying to be funny. He was just trying to make a clever comment. He was just trying to say whatever. He made me very angry, but it wasn't on purpose. So then, if it's in that category, then I should say to myself, why am I getting mad at somebody who genuinely did not intend it? It doesn't seem to make much sense. Option number two, he wants to get under my skin. This guy's malicious, and he just wants to egg me on. He wants to make me lose my cool. He loves to see me go crazy. So he's looking to make me mad. Why would I give it to him? Why would I do that? Why would I play to his tune? Why would I let him play me like a puppet? 
You know? Oh, and I poke, he dances. I like that. Why? Why would I give in to him? Doesn't make any sense. So either there's 50% on this side, he's not doing it on purpose, or the other 50% is what? Not 50%, let's say it's whatever percentage, right? The two halves, right? A and B, right? There's only two real options. Either he really wants to do it, or really doesn't want to do it, or really does want to do it. In either case, I shouldn't be getting mad. So subhanAllah, this is perhaps one of the easiest ways, hopefully, inshallah ta'ala, to avoid losing your temper. And number four is simply have empathy. When it comes to, uh, there's first is giving information, receiving information, reacting to information, and the last one is having empathy. What if this was me? Would I appreciate that? Put yourself in other people's shoes. Simply try to have a little bit of empathy. You know, So these four ahadith, they're so short, so simple, but so powerful. If you really put them into your life, it will change your, uh, transform your character. Now, I digress. Let's go focus in on number two. That's the one I want to focus on today, which is what? Min husni islam al-marri. From the excellence of one's Islam. Let's pause right here, because we could put this hadith into two parts. The first sentence, or the first section, the second section. This is the first section. Min husni islam al-marri. From the excellence of one's Islam. The fact that the Prophet is mentioning ihsan merits us to take a pause and remember what is ihsan. And we talked about it when we talked about hadith number two, I believe it was, hadith Jibreel. It was, uh, So that the Prophet says what? That you worship Allah, ihsan is that you worship Allah as if you see Him. Uh, uh, but of course you do not, indeed you do not see Him and therefore... It says it's, you're worshiping him, knowing that he fully well sees you. So this is a, obviously a rough translation, but yes, this is the idea, that this is ihsan. To have that, you could say, on, on one level, you could say that this is uh, the relationship between knowing that you're, you see in the creation, the creator behind everything. In everything that you look at, uh, that is the creation, it's not that you're literally seeing God or the divine. We're not, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, what's the term? Those who believe that uh, God is everywhere. Pantheists, that's the term. We're not pantheists that believe God is physically in everything. We believe, Allah ta'ala, we believe that Allah Ta'ala is beyond this universe. That being said, all of the creation is an ayah, is an indication, is pointing to, is an alama, is a, is a sign of what? That there is indeed a creator. And so this is one way to understand this hadith, that having ihsan is what? To see Allah Ta'ala as the creator behind all of the creation. So this is the mushahada that you want. Now, if... Even though that it's not literally possible that you see Allah Ta'ala, then at least have knowledge of muraqaba. Muraqaba is the fact that Allah Ta'ala is watching and observing you and everything. And another way of, of I'll remind us, even though I, we, we went over this before, I'll just remind us that this hadith could be understood in terms of when you're doing good and when you're doing bad. And this, I think, is, was the most beautiful. When I came across this, uh, uh, this sharh or this explanation, I was like, subhanAllah, that is so moving. That the hadith is talking about when you're doing good, what should you do? Do it as if... Allah Ta'ala is accepting your deeds right in front of you. When I'm praying salah, I can imagine I'm in the divine presence. When I'm giving sadaqah, I'm saying, Ya Allah, this is for your sake. Have that presence of Allah Ta'ala whenever you're doing good. And then, we're human beings, we're not always going to be doing good. When you do bad, what? Know that He's watching you. So have that khawf, khashya, have that fear and that awe and that reverence of Allah Ta'ala that I know I'm doing bad, astaghfirullah. You know, quickly you hopefully get out of it and come to your senses and cut it out. You know? So subhanAllah, the hadith, the way it goes from... Uh, you know, excellence is that, what, what do you do? That uh, you worship Allah as if you see Him, but you do not see Him, therefore He sees you. These two is good and bad. Wallahu alam, I really like that. I think that's a very deep and powerful way of appreciating this hadith. So this is what it means to have ihsan. So min husni islam in mar'i, from, it's from the excellence. If you want to reach that high level of excellence with Allah Ta'ala, then what should you do? 
But anyway, I also want to make another second comment about Ihsan before we move forward. Another excellent, a beautiful part that this is something that maybe some of us don't realize, that many of us, when we uh, think about a person that converts and embraces Islam, we always say what? That this person, mashallah, tabarakallah, all of their sins have been forgiven, like a newborn baby, right? And this is because of the hadith that the Prophet ﷺ says, it's in a larger hadith in Sahih Muslim. أَمَا عَلِمْتَ أَنَّ الْإِسْلَامَ يَهْدِمُ مَا كَانَ قَبْلَهُ وَأَنَّ الْهِجْرَةَ تَهْدِمُ مَا كَانَ قَبْلَهَا وَأَنَّ الْحَجَّ يَهْدِمُ مَا كَانَ قَبْلَهُ That the Prophet says, what? Are you not aware? He was talking to Amr. He was saying, yeah, Amr, don't you, aren't you aware of the fact uh, that, uh, uh, aren't you aware of the fact that Islam wipes out all the previous sins once you've embraced Islam, everything before goes away. And that migration, as in if you migrate fi sabilillah, go to a new area for Allah's sake, this wipes away everything before it, and the hajj that is accepted, everything gets wiped away before it, right? So he told this to uh, the sahabi who was asking about this, saying, listen, I've done a lot of bad things. Before I embrace Islam, I want to guarantee that I'll be forgiven. He says, don't you know that it wipes away everything? So this is a beautiful hadith. But at the same time, there is an exception. SubhanAllah. The Prophet there's a, another hadith in Sahih Muslim as well, also in Sahih Muslim. It says, what? Qala unasun, a certain group of people, they asked li Rasulullah sallallahu They asked the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, O oh, Messenger of Allah, will, will we be held accountable for that which we did before Islam, back in the days of jahiliyyah, in the days of ignorance? Qala, amma man ahsana minkum. So this is the key word here. Whoever does ihsa, whoever who does well, like embraces Islam and really runs with it, really applies their Islam. Man ahsana minkum fil islami fala yu'akhadu biha. Then they won't be taken for whatever they did before. Because they've now transformed and now they've let go of all those bad habits. Now alhamdulillah, because you're like a quote unquote, the, the Christians will say born again, right? So we don't use this type of terminology, but still, I mean, it's, it's still the same concept of I'm a new person. I've embraced Islam. I'm done with the old, in with the new, you know? So it's that same concept. أَمَّا مَنْ أَحْسَنَ مِنْكُمْ فِي الْإِسْلَامِ فَلَا يُؤَاخَذُ بِهَا وَمَنْ أَسَاءَ أُخِذَ بِعَمَلِهِ فِي الْجَاهِلِيَةِ وَالْإِسْلَامِ SubhanAllah, Sahih Muslim. But whoever, however, he who commits evil after having come into the fold of Islam, he will be held responsible for his previous uh, deeds, as in what he did in Jahiliyyah, and what he does in Islam. So in other words, the whole idea of embracing Islam and saying, I'm done with the old, is that you actually get rid of what was before. Right? If you still hold on to those ugly, nasty, bad habits, then subhanAllah, how can you say that you've gone through a transformation? Where's the transformation? So subhanAllah, this is a very, very scary hadith. But at the same time, it's motivating for all of us that we say to ourselves that now that alhamdulillah, I'm taking my deen seriously, I'm really going to leave behind whatever ugly, uh, ugly habits I had from before bi'ithnillahi ta'ala. Okay, so, min husni islam and mar'id, having that ihsan, that presence of mind, that Allah ta'ala is with me, that I want to change and get rid of my old habits. From the excellence of this islam, what is it? That he leaves that which does not concern him. Yes. Now, several points about this second portion that are very important. Number one. By the way, for time, am I good? It's not 20 minutes? We're good, alhamdulillah. So, first point. This is not permission to say, I absolve myself from giving da'wah. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't say to yourself, oh, there's evil going on in my city. There's evil going on by, with my neighbors. There's evil going on here, evil going on there. Not my business. Yeah, it doesn't concern me. It's not my problem. People are committing fahsha and munkar over here. People are doing all sorts of evil over there. Not my problem, not my business. Incorrect. 
Incorrect. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ specifically said, what? مَنْ رَأَى مِنْكُمْ مُنْكَرًا فَلْيُغَيِّرْهُ بِيَدِهِ He didn't say leave it alone. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever sees an evil, should you just drop it and say, ah, not my problem? No. فَلْيُغَيِّرْهُ بِيَدِهِ If you have the power, if you're in a position of authority, that you can actually say, no, we're stopping this right now, do so. وَإِن لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَبِلِسَانِهِ And if he can't, if he doesn't have the power to do so with his, with his uh, uh, we will continue, should we continue? Oh, I'll, continue, I'll finish this hadith. And then what? فَإِن لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ If he is not able, فَبِلِسَانِهِ Then at least speak against it. At least say something. فَإِن لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَبِقَلْبِهِ وَذَلِكَ أَضْعَفُ الْإِيمَانِ And if he cannot, then at least he should oppose it in his heart. What does that mean? At least have hatred for it. And at least make dua against it. These are different ways of looking at this. That at least in your heart, you should dislike and have disgust for what evil is taking place. And at least make dua, ask Allah to get rid of this. And ذَلِكَ أَضْعَفُ الْإِيمَانِ This is the weakest of faith. Nobody aims to be the weakest at anything. That's not a good goal to aim for. Oh, I want to be the weakest. No, I mean, yes, of course, any faith is, is at least some faith. But subhanAllah, you don't, you don't aim for and shoot for the lowest. You don't, nobody aims for 60% on an exam. You want what? Inshallah, the best you can. So none of us should, should be satisfied with the absolute lowest. We should say to ourselves, no, if I see evil, I have to say something. And if not, I should be able to do something. And inshallah, we should uh, continue in part two. If you want to just stop and start and stop, we'll continue in part two.